welcome to Your Financial Planet podcast with David Valliere and the Synergy Capital Solutions team. This is the show that brings you synergistic financial strategies to help you enjoy the fullness of today and empower your next generation. Join us for this journey to help you synergize your finances. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Your Financial Planet and Happy New Year. I'm your host, David Valliere. Uh, and today we're joined by fellow investment committee members, Jordan Andrusiak and Eric Nahat. Guys, welcome back to the show. Great to be back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so today I wanted to cover, you know, a market update, kind of our outlook for first quarter of 2021. Uh, for listeners, just uh, a heads up, we're going to be doing a series on collaboration, how we collaborate with your other advisors in the first quarter. Uh, outside of this market update. So more to come on that at the close of the show today. Um, so 2020 was pretty weird. Uh, we The world experienced a health crisis and, and a serious economic recession. Uh, we saw the, the fastest bear market in history, massive earnings declines, uh, as well as one of the most polarizing political environments in, in the history. And yet, the stock market ended 2020 at an all-time high. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about today and uh, looking forward to getting to it. Uh, Jordan, maybe we could kind of stop, uh, excuse me, start at the top of the order there and talk about the health crisis. Give us an update on the pandemic. Yeah, so um, as many are aware, we've seen a lot of vaccine trial results that are showing to be quite effective and distribution has actually um, begun. I know many states have been able to uh, vaccinate their frontline healthcare workers, many of which are actually already getting their second dose of the vaccine. Um, and I know that's kind of step one towards, uh, you know, towards having herd immunity and or uh, ideally eradicating COVID. I know that's part of a, a conversation for a later date to see really what happens there. Now, uh, one thing that we may see is some lag in timing due to the distribution, the ability for the, for the vaccine to be distributed on a wholesale level. That being said, more and more companies are bringing their vaccines online, and we could see more approvals of these by the FDA in the near future. I know that uh, some other companies you know, have been approved in the UK, and we, we have tended to kind of follow that um, followed that process a little bit as well. Some reports are also stating that the vaccine will be available to the broad community as early as May. However, there's still a little bit of question out there on how long it actually would take for herd immunity to come into play, which really dictates whether uh, you know large gatherings would be considered safe and if we can kind of return to our new normal, so to yeah. speak. How how quickly does that matriculate through the system and and really make a broader impact uh, yet to be seen? Exactly. Um, so Eric, we mentioned this really volatile time in 2020 with uh, this economic recession. Talk to me about the rebound in economic growth. Yeah. So in the in in the fourth quarter, we saw a continued rebound in economic growth. We got some finalized numbers uh, in terms of the third quarter and, and saw. Uh, roughly 33.4% quarter over quarter real GDP growth. So a huge amount of growth there in the third quarter um, and, and had considerable momentum entering uh, the fourth quarter. 
though with the pandemic worsening, I would expect more modest growth for the fourth quarter, uh, perhaps in the in the three to four percent range. But manufacturing PMIs have impressed. The unemployment rate has worked its way down to 6.7%. Corporate profits have fared better than, than initially expected um, with favorable growth expectations for 2021 and 2022. So we are very much in the recovery stage. And all of this growth has been driven by the resurgence of activity in the U.S. and, and the unprecedented fiscal and monetary responses that we saw earlier in the year. Got it. So taking that into consideration, Jordan, let's talk about the equity markets. How are we thinking about the equity markets as they've continued to recover here? Yeah, so we've really looked towards having quality holdings and looking at total shareholder yield. So not just return, but dividends and buybacks within the U.S. equities. Um, in the fourth quarter, we did see a resurgence of value-oriented companies such as energy, industrials, financials. Uh, and those helped uh, helped drive return within our diversified portfolio. Uh, with the U.S. dollar weakening, we have seen some international equities perform better than they had in the recent past. Uh, but things that we're keeping an eye on is maintaining a level of diversification, maintaining a global exposure, looking at high quality stocks. Uh, they were our anchor, so to speak, during volatility. Uh, and we're seeing some of the more cyclical areas starting to recover as well. Okay. So Eric, let me come back to you and talk about fixed income. I know as an investment committee, we've had uh, quite a bit of debate about this area with it being a, you know, a low interest rate environment. Talk to me about how we're thinking about fixed income right now. I would say that fixed income continued to do its job uh, in the fourth quarter as a diversifier. It provided ballast to counter the, the equity exposure in accounts. Um, at the onset of the pandemic, we saw um, core investment grade holdings uh, outperform in the fixed income space. In the fourth quarter, we didn't see a whole lot of movement on that investment grade side. But what we did see was uh, high yield and emerging market debt participate alongside equities in the recovery. Okay, so we've talked a little bit here about, you know, what we've seen. Let's talk next about like what's ahead, kind of what we're seeing, the economy, elections, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and <laughs> as I say that, you know, just before this podcast, I was getting an update on the Georgia elections. I want to talk about that, very tight races. But first, Eric, let's talk about this continued recovery. Tell me about what's going on, what you're seeing ahead here. We are entering 2021 in an early cycle recovery phase and would expect to, to move from recovery to expansion as the year unfolds. That expansion pace is to be determined uh, depending on um, vaccine distribution, potential tax changes, uh, potential regulation changes, uh, the, the passage of an additional $900 billion in stimulus should help support growth. Um, high demand uh, coupled with low mortgage rates should support housing. Uh, the biggest aspect for me is the tremendous pent-up demand from the consumer. Um, consumers have uh, record levels of personal savings right now, um, in part because consumption was cut during COVID. Also, uh, the fact that we saw record stimulus and, and the fact that um, the unemployed population received enhanced unemployment benefits. And so uh, we have 
hundreds of thousands of years of evolution that causes us to be social creatures, uh, not meant to be interacting at home alone over Zoom. People are ready to re-engage and spend when they can. And we've already seen that a little bit as COVID has become a bit more normalized. Uh, eventually, uh, we would expect to return to a normal of a, a slow growth economy supported by low interest rates and, and low inflation. Um, and I would say that going forward, uh, we are watching inflation. Um, we're watching the impact of regulation and the impact of politics on the economy. And uh, of course, the, uh, the tremendous uh, government debt load that's accumulated during the crisis as well. Okay, so that was kind of the, the election was kind of touched on there. So let's talk about that, Jordan. Talk to me about what's going on, not only at the presidential level, as that continues to be a, a story in the news, but also what's going on in the Georgia Senate runoff. Yeah, so I'm going to tackle the Georgia Senate runoff uh, first. So, okay. <laughs> so not officially confirmed at this exact moment. Uh, you know, it's a uh, we're we're uh, it's it's Tuesday the sixth, so we're still kind of in the thick of things as, as we speak. It is looking like the Democrats will win the Georgia Senate Senate runoff election, um, and therefore control the Senate alongside the House and the presidency. This does increase the potential for larger tax, regulatory, and estate planning changes, uh, though it ultimately will depend on what Biden is able to get passed with the slim Senate majority. Uh, <clears throat> we may look to see on that side from a policy perspective, pricing controls on drug costs, increased green energy, and some student loan forgiveness just kind of on top of some of the other regulatory items that we've seen out there. Um, and we expect to see the markets continue to move as they continue to digest all of the news around the election. Now on the presidency side, uh, it is expected that the president-elect Biden will be certified, uh, but we, as we know, we've seen a lot of, of uh, things that were predicted one way and have not been uh, that's not necessarily been the outcome. So I think we're still kind of in this uh, wait and see period. And like I said, we do expect to see the markets continue to kind of move as they digest the continued news. Um, something that we continue to keep in mind is that the markets are highly efficient. And uh, so as the news comes out, they're going to react pretty swiftly and then price that in and, and almost, uh, lack of a better term, kind of kind of move on a little bit. Gotcha. You know, it's interesting as, as you're talking there, I was reflecting back to some of the conversations I was having uh, on the podcast with Mark and with Eric in 2020 and just talking about gridlock is good for the markets, right? So if one or more of these Senate elections had gone to a uh, uh, Republican, that would create gridlock, which actually would be good for the market because the predictability behind that is not a whole lot's going to get done. Um, so it's interesting to to be sitting here in early stages of January and talking about potentially both going uh, to the Democratic Party and, and seeing how that might matriculate through the system. On that note, Eric, talk to me about equities. What are we seeing ahead? So uh, you had mentioned that, that equity markets ended um, 2020 at or near all-time highs. Um, evaluations are perhaps a little bit stretched. Uh, so expectations on my end are a bit more tempered for 2021. Um, we still expect positive returns um, as the economic backdrop and 
low interest rate environment is supportive of, of risk assets such as equities. Um, but I would expect earnings growth from companies rather than a multiple expansion or, or people willing to pay more for those earnings to, to drive the returns in 2021. Uh, for us, diversification remains key. Um, we have exposure to U.S. stocks, international stocks, uh, value-oriented companies, growth-oriented companies. We have exposure to high-quality stocks with um, really solid cash balances and balance sheets, um, as well as, as different recovery holdings, such as energy and financials and travel-related stocks. So depending on um, the growth and political scenarios that play out, we'll have exposure to some areas of the market that will do better than others. So Jordan, we've covered a lot here. Talk to me about fixed income or, you know, to the layperson bonds. What are we seeing ahead? Yeah, so we do expect the yield curve to steepen over time, although not necessarily dramatically or swiftly. We've actually seen it steepen a little bit in the past uh, the past few days. Um, in August, the Federal Reserve adopted an average inflation targeting strategy meaning that they could allow inflation to run above its 2% target in order to compensate for the recent history we've seen, which is a low inflation environment. Eventually, the Federal Reserve may raise these interest rates to curb down inflation, but given that policy change, we would expect the interest rates to remain low for the foreseeable future, i.e. through 2021. Within our actual portfolios, we're continuing to maintain a shorter average duration, i.e. exposure to interest rate change in an all-time, uh, because we're in an all-time low interest rate environment. Okay, that makes sense. And, and Eric, maybe just take a little bit of what Jordan just said there. She talked about a short duration. Not all of our listeners understand duration, how it uh, relates to fixed income, and then kind of tie a bow on this and, and give us a, your general thoughts about what we're seeing ahead. Sounds good. So first duration, um, duration is a, a measure of the sensitivity of, of the price of a bond or, or other debt instrument to a change in interest rates. So uh, bond prices work inversely with interest rates. So when interest rates go up, bond prices go down and duration is a measure of, of how much up or how much down um, those bond prices will move depending on the interest rate change. Um, so very, very mathematical. In terms of wrap up, uh, a couple of thoughts. I would say one, there's always going to be uncertainty when it comes to investing. There wouldn't be any return if there wasn't. Um, six months ago, that list was quite long. Uh, now it's been shortened. But uh, as we've seen with the, the Georgia Senate election, that list is constantly changing. Um, it's important to remember that the market's forward-looking and, and always factoring in those changes to the growth and earnings and tax and regulatory environment. It's really important to not let emotion cloud judgment. You want to focus on the long-term plan. Uh, we have great experience navigating volatility uncertainty and have found that clients are best served by sticking to that long-term plan. Continue to believe that time in the market is not a viable strategy and uh, that we should uh, continue to abide by, uh, by predetermined asset allocation and rebalancing approaches and, and continue to believe that, that new cash assets should be integrated um, by dollar cost averaging in, into long-term holdings. Um, so you've heard us say this before, but um, stick to a plan, dollar cost averaging, 
and try not to worry too much about the day-to-day swings in the market. Um, and then lastly, I, I would say all in all, uh, very, very grateful to be helping our clients achieve their goals. And, and we wish everyone a happy and healthy 2021. Wonderful. Thank you for that. And uh, for listeners, as always, you can reach out to uh, any of our team members at hello, H-E-L-L-O, at Synergy Capital Solutions. You're welcome to visit our website, SynergyCapitalSolutions.com. Our podcast is syndicated, Spotify and others. I just mentioned Spotify because that's where I listen to it. Um, But it is also uh, on our website. So if you're looking to get direct access to the podcast, go to SynergyCapitalSolutions.com and check uh, or click on podcast. You'll get all the updated information there as well. I did want to mention before we sign off sort of coming attractions in first quarter of this year, uh, we're doing a series on coordinated professionals, how we work with other professionals. So the next podcast you'll hear is going to be talking about just that. What are the other professionals in your lives? How do we work with them? And why is that important? Whether it would be, and then then we're going to bring on some guest speakers uh, later on in the quarter, bring on an attorney, bring on a CPA, bring on somebody else that might be important, uh, an important advisor in your life so that we can give an example of how we work with other advisors to make sure we're, we're delivering the very best client experience for you, our listeners. But beyond that, as Eric mentioned, we wish you a very happy new year. We're excited to get into 2021. We hope you continue to listen, subscribe and share. And until next time, I'm your host, David Vallier. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Your Financial Planet, the Synergize Your Capital podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Synergy Capital Solutions is a financial planning and investment management firm registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. And with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk. And there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Synergy Capital Solutions and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Synergy Capital Solutions and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information.
Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisors before establishing a retirement plan.